3: It was not on Fox, but Joe Buck was there and Troy Aikman. They were there. What on Fox though? It was on the NFL Network. Very confusing. But Thursday night's uh, NFL schedule kicking off. We don't count the first game. The reason we don't count the first game is because it's not a traditional Thursday night game. The the Eagle Falcon game. They had a full week to prepare for that game, so it's not a Thursday night where you play on Sunday and then bam, you're right back at it on Thursday, but if you saw the carnage in Cincinnati from a Raven perspective, Andy Dalton coming out with surgical precision early, which is not actually 100% accurate because he did throw some incomplete passes, but uh, lighting up A.J. Green and exposing the Ravens' defense, four touchdowns in the first half, three of them to uh, A.J. Green and a, a defense that you know the Ravens like to brag about how good they are defensively it's the the hallmark of Ravens football is that they're really good defensively and last week they just destroyed the Buffalo Bills but on this night for the first half it was slice and dice you give up 28 points four passing touchdowns to the Cincinnati Bengals wow 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 all right so let's discuss now the Bengals are off to the 2 and 0 start. The Baltimore Ravens at 1 and 1 and the immediate question on the table are the Cincinnati Bengals a good team? They are 2 and 0. When you're 2 and 0, you're doing really well. You're in a good spot when you're 2 and 0. You're feeling good about yourself at 2 and 0 and they've already got a road win under their belt. Now they've beaten a divisional opponent in the Baltimore Ravens. The answer, though, is no. The Cincinnati Bengals are not a good team. They are not. My thoughts on this, you've got hoodwinked, arrogance, and uh, we'll, we'll have a bunch of other stuff as well. we we'll begin with number one. My big takeaway, and, I, and we can go back and play the audio, and if you want, you can just play in a loop in hour number four. Uh, we broke down this game. We handicapped this game on Benny versus the Penny, and my thoughts going into this game, we spelled it out. I thought, well, I like the Bengals in the game. I like the Bengals in the game because the Ravens are being overvalued. That was the word I believe I used was overvalued. Maybe I didn't. It was the word like overvalued. And people were essentially bamboozled by Baltimore and the margin of win that they had. They got some style points. They strutted around. They were feeling good about themselves after beating Buffalo 47-3. And so people got suckered into thinking, well, wait a minute. I mean, this is an amazing Good Ravens team. The Ravens are better than people thought they were going to be, which is not the case. Not the case. Uh, and, and this idea that the Baltimore Ravens defensively were all-world, all-knowing, all-powerful because of the game with Buffalo last week is ridiculous. Is it true that the Bills had 10 first downs? That's it last week. Yes. They only had 10 first downs. Did Buffalo only have 153 total yards? Yes. Did they average uh, less than three yards per play? Yes. Does that mean anything? No. And the reason it means nothing is the Peterman principle. Now, what is the Peterman principle? You don't have to be an NFL player. You don't have to be an NFL coach to know what the Peterman principle is. The Peterman principle is essentially, I'll use a basketball analogy. So you get together at family events, you know, this past summer. You play basketball with your relatives. And let's say you got a niece or a nephew. Let's say they're around the age of, I don't know, nine years old. You ever played basketball against a nine year old? When you play basketball against a nine year old, you are an all star, right? If you're a middle aged person, you're an all star, right? If you're 25, 30, 35, whatever, 40, 50, you play basketball against a nine year old, you're dominant. So go from playing basketball against a nine year old to playing against an NBA caliber player. How are you going to do? You're then the nine-year-old. The roles get reversed, and that's what happened here. The Baltimore Ravens got suckered in themselves defensively. They were not up to speed playing a legitimate NFL opponent and a legitimate NFL quarterback. The learning curve is real. The adjustment period, by the time the Ravens kind of figured things out, by the time they got their sea legs underneath them, they were just saving face. And they said, "Wow, well, the Ravens had a chance. They were, you know, they were right there in the second. No, they, not really, not really. So, you know, for for the first two quarters, the Ravens were like, "Wow, their head was spinning." It was like they they were on an old wooden ro- the, the Woody the old wooden roller coaster. The Ravens, and, and they're like, "What is going on?" This guy's actually making adjustments at the line of scrimmage, completing passes. Andy Dalton. I mean, what is this? And you you get punched in the face, and then the second after Ravens held Cincinnati out of the end zone, they only had nine points. Cincinnati did against the Baltimore defense, and Andy Dalton, who has been so horrific, so bad, the numbers in prime time, embarrassing. Dalton's numbers against the Ravens had been horrible, but not on this particular night, as the great Dick Stockton famously told me years ago. Stats who? tell you what. Well, he's he's only the second most valued play-by-play guy in the history of the NFL because only Al Michaels has called more NFL games. But Dick Stockton, who told me in a moment of weakness when I was trying to rip one of the games he was doing for Fox because it was a terrible game, he said, stats tell you what has happened. They don't tell you what's going to happen because if you went by the stats, you would have bet on the Ravens. You would have said, ah, nah, the Ravens are going to win this game. Andy Dalton's a, a, a bomb and all that. But not on this day. And for 30 minutes, Andy Dalton was brilliant. He was wonderful. He had four touchdowns, 178 yards, a quarterback rating of 118 in the first half. And then they had to play the second half. And this is proof. You don't have to play a full game. You know, they say you got to play 60 minutes, right? There's you know, this ad campaign. And it's still a thing. you got 60 minutes. No, you don't. When you play 30 minutes really good, you can put your feet up at halftime and just relax. Just relax. And that's what Andy Dalton did. He held on. He was out in the middle of the ocean. And there was a, a life preserver there, and he was just holding on. That's it. He was kind of floating, and he wasn't doing much of anything. In the second half, and the, the the evil Andy Dalton returned. You know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, the evil Andy Dalton returned. He was 10 of 17 for 87 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. had a quarterback rating of 72, which is not good in the second half. But it didn't matter. He played so well in the first half, so wonderfully in the first half, that, that didn't matter. The second thing here is is the Baltimore defense, which showed a tremendous amount of arrogance. They assumed the position, the Ravens defense, that they did not need to double-team A.J. Green. They had so much bravado on that Ravens defense and so much uh, swagger, if you will. This is a coaching decision. But how egotistical is it of the Raven coaching staff to blatantly ignore A.J. Green and say, no, no, one-on-one, no problem here. That is a brazen act of negligence by the Raven coaching staff, and they got burned. They got burned once. They got burned twice. They got burned three times in the first half. And uh, then they uh, made some uh, a few adjustments, but that was – well, they were co- – Well, no, I mean, they, the positive is they were playing without fear. Um, the reality is that was one of the worst decisions you could possibly have. And then the final leg of this, the final leg is the self-inflicted wounds. We call it the Plaxico Burris special, shooting yourself in the leg. The Ravens had two blunders, two blunders that extended – bal uh, extended the uh, bengals drives rather and because of those defective plays where they were they committed penalties those errors that led to two extended touchdowns so the the bengals taking advantage of mistakes by the Baltimore Ravens and their miscalculations on defense and they they took advantage of that and they got a couple of touchdowns there were i believe one was on third down you had also, the flawed Joe Flacco, the flawed Flacco, we like to call him, who played so well in the preseason. And, again, people got suckered in, and they said, well, he looked good against Baltimore, uh, against uh, their first opponent there, the 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 Buffalo Bills. You go, well, Flacco looks good against Buffalo. He's back. It's going to be a big year for Joe Flacco. Big year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Not so good. And there's people screaming and shouting for Lamar, Lamar Jackson. That's a hot mess right there also, Lamar Jackson. This is, uh, people can be very disappointed when Lamar uh, gets out there. But the Flacco in this game was bad in the first half. There's this perception that he played better in the second half. That is a false perception. But the perception is there because the Ravens closed the gap and instead of down 28 to 14 at halftime. And, but, but. Baltimore only scored nine points in the second half. Cincinnati got uh, a couple of field goals. I think I misspoke that earlier. But Cincinnati got a couple of field goals. Baltimore got nine. Flacco in the first half had a a quarterback rating of 74. He was a little better in the second half, but he had a quarterback rating of 77. So (laughs) that's not that good. That's not that good. But my analysis of the Bengals is pretty simple. My theory is that if everything goes right, if the planets all line up for the Cincinnati Bengals, Everything is good there. The atmosphere is good. The the aura, the Bengals will be average. the The, the ceiling is average. Right, the ceiling is average. If, if Bengals can be a nine win team, they can be in that eight nine win area. And when you're in that eight nine win area, you're in the outskirts. You're hiding in the grass. You're like a snake in the grass, waiting for a playoff spot. And so what does the future hold now for Cincinnati? Well, they get a much more difficult test defensively next week. They play the Carolina Panthers, and then they also play the Atlanta Falcons. Those are the next couple of games. Uh, Atlanta is certainly a winnable game because you've got Steve Sarkeesian calling the play. So the next, the next four games for Cincinnati, they had to win these first two because their next four are on the road, at Carolina, at Atlanta. Home Dolphins, home Steelers. And then even after that, you want to include another game, the fifth game, they've got Kansas City in Arrowhead Stadium. So good luck on that. So that's what's ahead for the Bengals. So if we're here in in week seven, after week seven, and the Cincinnati Bengals have a winning record in these next five games with road games at Atlanta, Carolina, and Kansas City, and the Steelers at home. You should beat the Dolphins. You should beat uh, that team. But, man. All right, so Ben Mather's show, as we said, on Fox Sports Radio. We'll take your phone calls if you'd like to be part at 877-99 on Fox. And let's hear from some of the key participants. How about John Harbaugh? I mentioned the arrogance of the Ravens defensively and also the miscues of Baltimore. I'm sure, sure, Coach Harbaugh, you used to call our show back in the old days. I'm sure you're proud of your football team. You have nothing bad to say. Is that accurate? I thought we did a good job. Yeah, I When it. we didn't make mistakes, you know, when oh. we didn't oh, okay. go backwards. We overcame that a few times even once or twice in the first half when we scored. So uh, but we cleaned some of that stuff up in the second half. Yeah. All right. Uh, Joe Flacco, who if you've not heard Joe Flacco's work before, I feel like he's a secret contributor to sportscliche.com. Joe Flacco speaks in the language of clichés, buzzwords and catchphrases. That is the language of Joe Flacco. I don't even know if he's a human being. I believe he's just some kind of algorithm from sportscliché.com. But let's listen, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Joe Flacco has changed his tune now and he's developed, he's grown up. Uh, here's Joe Flacco uh, talking about the self-inflicted wounds of the Ravens. It was tough sledding early on and we weren't very right precise. We turned the ball over, got the momentum going. Momentum. You do that in somebody else's territory on a Thursday night. You, know, you better ready, be ready to bounce back quick, and we just didn't do it quick enough. Yeah. All right. Now, this next one, if, if this is the soundbite I think it is, then this is a challenger. I hope it's the one I think it is. I, this could be a challenger to the all-time gold standard for the sports cliche, which is Mark Grizzolanik, former Montreal Expo, Los Angeles Dodger, Mark Grizzolanik, uh, and played with a bunch of other teams as well. Let's hear it. Here's Joe Flacco on keeping the faith. Going forward, we just got to keep our heads up and and keep believing in what we're building around here. You know, this is the NFL. You're not promised anything in this league. We fought tonight. Uh, It wasn't pretty, and we didn't come out with the win, which is the most important thing. But this is a long season, and um, we got to keep our heads up and be positive about who we are as a football team because I think we got a really good football team. I think guys reacted really well to what happened tonight, but in the end, that doesn't matter. We just got to move on to the next week and and make it happen. (laughs) I'm counting twelve. I'm counting twelve. Uh, let's bring in Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia. Now, when you first
1: opened your mouth and talked about that, that being a challenger to one of the you know the great sound bites of all time, I'm like, wait a minute, that's yeah. uh, that sounds like some hyperbole there. But no, that
3: was uh, it's pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, solid. I mean, not even human.
1: But gris-
3: though. Well, Grizelanic's the gold standard. You know what? Why I don't thought we? Podsednik was the gold standard. Oh, I say Grizzlonic? Yep. Oh, I meant Pozzetti. Okay. I misspoke. That's a bad job by me. There you go. That's a demotion for me. <laughs> No, I meant Pod Sednik. Yeah, I said Grizolani. Well, all white guys are the same, so I I, I, I mixed them up. That's a bad uh, job by me. They all look the same to me, but I, I you was, confuse your Polish guys? Is that what it is? Yeah, you know, yeah. like skinny white baseball players. But but it, so it was Pod Sednik was the guy. All right, so why don't we? You know what we're gonna do here? We're gonna do a deep dive on this.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at two a.m. Eastern, eleven p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app.
3: Well, some surprising news from the NFL. This does not have anything to do with the. Bengals starting out 2-0 and after beating Baltimore in the Thursday night game. No, no, no. This is all about Seattle. I remember when the Seahawks used to be good. I recall, I'm old enough to remember when Seahawk football mattered. Now, they're in a deep, dark place right now, the Seahawks. The Legion of Boom has become the Legion of Whom, as a listener pointed out to me. Now, did you hear that Pete Carroll has gone off the reservation? He has gone off the deep end, in fact, to improve the defense. It was so bad against the Broncos. How bad was it? So bad that Pete Carroll is going to extreme measures, desperate to improve the beleaguered defensive unit. Seattle has gone out and signed a player that no one thought was signable, that he was so, so toxic that no one would bring him in. I'm not talking Colin Kaepernick toxic, but I'm talking criminal toxic. Michael ah! Michael Kendricks paid a visit to Seattle. The same Michael Kendricks who was released by the Browns following charges of insider trading. The same Michael Kendricks who pled guilty to those charges of insider trading and is awaiting sentencing up to 25 years in prison. He will be sentenced in January. Apparently, the meeting went pretty good because Michael Kendricks agreed to a one-year deal to play linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. This is what I want to talk to you about. Now, Kendricks is expected to play Monday night. The Seahawks play Monday night against the Chicago Bears. You talk about not needing to learn the playbook. Uh, Don't NFL coaches and players love to brag about how the language is written in Pig Latin? Here's a guy signing a contract on a Friday, essentially, Thursday night into Friday, and he's going to play on Monday. Or is he going to play? That is an open question, and we'll phrase it this way. Do you think the NFL is going to allow Michael Kendricks to actually play? That's the question. Now, my perspective on this, you've got the soft spot, the loophole, and hysteria. And we will link all this together. Now, A, this is an unpredictable situation. The NFL rules are dependent on who interprets them. You've got Roger Goodell and friends, his cronies, who have very strict rules against players who violate the law. But the rules are made for violent crime having a rich friend from Hollywood tell you to buy a certain stock is not considered a violent crime. So it's not in the domestic violence, child abuse, uh, drugs, uh, you know some kind of shenanigans with those things. It's not about that. Those things will get you on the suspended list, or they call it the commissioner's exempt list. But that's not in play here. Clearly, insider trading is not on that list. Now, my theory is, is that some of these owners actually have a soft spot for insider trading because they're really wealthy men and they hang out with other wealthy people and, you know, people talk at these little junkets and things and they say, you should really invest in this because I think so-and-so is going to happen. You know, money makes money and it's, it's a rich person's problem. It is a rich person's problem. And there's another question of whether or not it should even be a crime, but that's a different conversation. They want to have the leveling of the playing field, and it's one of those that's sporadically enforced because uh, you typically have to leave a paper trail. And if you if you're out golfing, and someone you golf with says, "Hey, you should really invest in, you know, I don't know, pick a pick a stock. You should invest in." Uh, oh, Amazon, which is already a very wealthy stock, but you hear that Amazon's going to do something and you have insider information. As long as you don't text that, email that, and it's just two two people, there's no recording of it, And how are you going to prove that? It's very hard to prove these things. Now, there's a paper trail, and in this particular case, Michael Kendricks, who's now with Seattle, admitted to it. He said, hey, I got caught with my pants down, and he was like bragging about it. He was giving gifts to this guy. Uh but we can all agree that this is an unprecedented case. I cannot recall an active football player pleading guilty to a federal crime, a felony, and then a couple weeks later signing a contract with a different NFL team. I don't recall this ever happening. And B, the NFL, you know, you want to play the caller game, you can play the caller game, right? White-collar crime, which is what this is, is financially motivated, nonviolent crime. And what this is is a loophole. It is a loophole. Right now there's an army of lawyers on Park Avenue in New York that are going over the agreement with the Players Union, and the NFL sent out a prepared statement on Thursday night saying as much, that the matter is under review. That's a quote. And he is currently, meaning Kendrick's, permitted to sign and participate in activities, including games. That was a statement that the NFL gave to Pro Football Talk, that that is the case. So where are we right now? We're we're in this this weird twilight zone spot with Michael Kendris. NFL players typically get dinged for blue collar crime, right? That is violent crime, property crimes, things like that. But assault, robbery, burglary, uh, murder. Shout out Aaron Hernandez. Uh, so this is a lesson. Right? This is a lesson here because now you're moving in this this new frontier. Of players, if you commit a white-collar crime, at least at this moment as we're talking, the NFL is trying to find a way to, to get rid of Kendricks, but for now he's allowed to play. There's nothing in the language that says he can't play because the NFL rules, all of them seem to involve violence. This is not violent. This is not. Now, meanwhile, I, how refreshing is it that the Seahawks are so bad they're so embarrassing so terrible at linebacker that they would even go down this road that they would want to bring in michael Kendricks with open arms now the, the parting shot on this is going to be a very interesting couple it is i would i would guess uh and and this is an educated guess here that the nfl is going to make a decision by friday night if it don't do it on friday night this could come down They don't usually work on the weekend. The league office shuts down. All these sports leagues, they all go on their nice little weekend getaways, even though the NFL plays on Sunday. So the league corporate office isn't open on the weekend. So if it doesn't happen by Friday night, this could go right up until game time. Oh, think of the drama, right? Monday night football, Seattle, Chicago, and you're like, "What's is Kendrick going to play? Is he not going to play? You know, that whole to do. Man, it would be fascinating to see how this – this plays out, but again, it appears that the Seahawks have found a loophole. And will Michael Kendricks make it through that loophole, or is he going to follow, you know, follow through the path, and then eventually there's a trap door and he falls through the trap door? Boy, if I was in his shoes, I would have hysteria. I would be, I would, I wouldn't be able to focus on playing football. I'd be like, I'm going to prison. I'm going to prison. Be freaking out? I wouldn't be able to focus. Now, he is scheduled to be sentenced on January 24th. So so that also tells us something else about Seattle. They don't believe that they're going to get to the Super Bowl, right? Because you don't sign a guy to play linebacker and then know that he's got a, a sentencing date on January 24th when the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday in Atlanta is on February 3rd. So you don't sign a guy and say, oh, we're going to get to the Super Bowl. No, you don't do that. Now, the story says that Kendricks is going to get 25 years, up to 25 years in prison. But you know and I know that up to uh, the most popular weasel phrase in the world is up to. If you go out shopping this weekend and you walk around whatever shopping mall you live near and you will see... No less than 500 signs saying, up to 25% off, up to 75% off, up to, up your wazoo. Uh, yes, you will see that. You now, little weasel! Now, based on federal guidelines, it appears that Kendricks will be actually sentenced to between 30 and 37 months in prison, which I think, using maler math, means the, the best case scenario is two and a half years in prison. And remember, it's a federal crime, so you have to commit 80%. Isn't it 80%? I think it's 80% of the sentence. So he's going to be out for an extended period. Of time. He's going to be in jail for well over a year uh, is is the the best case scenario. But it is going to be like a country club. It's going to be rich people jail because it's a white-collar crime. If you're going to go to jail, do the white-collar crime. We We've had callers here that are white-collar criminals that have cell phones in jail and have called the show and, like, Internet access. We bring in Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia, right over
1: there. Well, that is a pretty good explanation because I wondered how in the world could someone who is admitted to
3: a fairly serious crime could result in prison time would be allowed to play,
1: but I guess that does make sense. That uh, it is not the norm uh, that you see involving athletes in in the NFL. It's a nonviolent crime, as you said, so I I guess that's the explanation, but it's still odd that someone who could go to prison for something uh, is
3: still going to be allowed to play in a football game, apparently. Trust me that the NFL is going to do everything they can to make sure he doesn't play in that game on Monday. They said he's currently permitted Kendricks to sign and participate, but the matter is under. Review so that tells you that you're like, We got to find something.
1: This is embarrassing. And he's, gotta... out of, he's out on bail, right? Like, uh,
3: I don't know. Like, it's a white collar. If you were tr- on
1: bail, he wouldn't be allowed to like leave, Like, let's say, like, of oh, the state, yeah, thing? exactly. Oh, yeah, so, so, so it's so, like, yeah. he, I don't know about that. He's got like some
3: work permit or something, I guess. So, how long is he going to eight? What is 80% of uh, two? Is that two years? Am I right on that? If it's two and a half, is that two years? Just go with it.
1: Yeah, that's right, Ben. Yeah, that, thank you. It's yeah, exactly. yeah, Math. That's good. It's
3: Malor Math. I'm going two years. So he's got to do two years in jail. God, can you imagine? Jeez. Some people like it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point.
4: I
1: guess some people do. Yeah, get they get through. free health care, they get free food. Of course, they yes. get to work Forget out. You get to thing. work out.
3: You can work in the prison store or whatever. Yeah. Can, yeah. Laundry. Make your friends. And if you have a lot of money, you can buy all the stuff in the prison store. You <laughs> yeah, buy exactly. All the, all the Cheetos you want and all <laughs> that, you're good to go. Yeah, man, oh, man. All right, right. We'll take your calls. 877-99 on Fox if you'd like to be part. 877-996-6369. Let's go to Shane O'Mac. That's the name. He stayed on hold the entire Benny versus the Penny. We'll find out if he's still there. Hello, Who? Shane O'Mac.
4: Ben Ballard, how are you doing, sir?
3: If I was any better, I'd be a Peterman, but not Nathan Peterman, because he's, he's been benched.
4: Absolute garbage. You are right on everything you said about that. Trust me. And it's funny, man. I came here to argue, but I'm not going to argue tonight, because I made some nice points. But, but I digress. But I tell you, man, uh, so Josh Allen, I mean, you know, with the shaky line and everything, he got more of a chance this week against the Chargers, but you're crazy, bro. I think the Chargers are going to win, no doubt about it. By fourteen, because that defense looks like trash, my dude. Yeah,
3: but it was you, bad. You're, but you're making it better. You think that the way they played will be the way they play? I, listen, I don't, Look at I don't, our don't, coach. I, I mean, I'm I the
4: process here, but I don't know anymore, dude. After that,
3: you no, I don't. I don't disagree. But in in, the, in gambling, if you're a gambler and you can get over a touchdown at home, generally speaking, teams that get destroyed the way that Buffalo did. They don't get destroyed two weeks in a row. And just because you're a bad team, and the Bills are a bad team, they have a chance to go 0-16. God-awful, yeah. Yeah, but even with that, you know, the, the Browns went 0-16 last year. They were in a lot of games. They lost them, but they were in a lot of games last year. So there's this, this like false belief that if you're terrible, you can get blown out in every game. That's not the case usually.
4: But there's hope. There's hope in Allen, dude. I'm telling you, those throws that he was making, man, he was firing yeah. them in there and he was under pressure a lot. He was getting out of the pocket. It was a glorious was looking alright. It, it was a good but field goal it looked, drive. It, it looked bad at times. That,
3: that was a solid field goal drive for Josh Allen. That was good.
4: <laughs> yeah, the only one. <laughs> but uh so yeah. I'll tell you, I'm taking the Chargers, no doubt about it. I'm in a suicide pool. I got five picks, my dude. So I'm going Chargers. I got Saints. They're definitely gonna kill it. Uh Rams, no doubt about it. Yeah. And I'm probably going to take the Rams twice. I might even take the Chargers twice. See, honest. what
3: you're doing is you're just betting the big favorites, is what you're doing. you just
4: yeah, basically. I mean, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm I got it. Well, I got to take I got to take this week. You know, I got to make sure I at least
3: I get three picks next week. You know, I got you, man. I got you. All right, well, well good luck. I hope you win a lot of money.
2: There you go. Good morning, NFL Football America.
3: That's usually the scam on those survivor pools, though. People just bet the biggest favorite, and then. Then surprise, 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 like last week, a lot of people bet on the Saints against Tampa Bay with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick had an out-of-body, otherworldly, supernova performance for Tampa.
4: If I was any better, I'd host a show, but I wouldn't be Ben Maller.
3: That's right. No, you're not. You have your own name because you're not named (laughs) Ben Maller. Uh, it is that show, that show that that name you just heard there.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Let's go. to it. Here we go. <laughs> knock knock. Who's there? Lame week. Lame week. Who? It's Big Ben's lame joke of the week.
3: All right, let's get to it. Got a lot of jokes. Limited time. Our leadoff hitter is Sirius Sean. We say hello also to Weed Man Hippie, who's our laugh track. Hello, Weed Man Hippie. Doing the Maller. I- and I'm doing a whole marathon all with
4: right. you. Me- I woke up sweating.
3: Yelling. giving me a headache, dude. I got headphones turned all the way up. You're screaming in my head. All right. Sir- Sean, make me laugh. Serious Sean. What's your joke, no Serious Sean? Our lead office. Hi,
4: everyone. Hello. Hi, Sean. Hey, Eddie. Yes. I got free baseball TV for the rest of the season.
3: Wow. Good for you. It's almost over. What? Very important that got, yeah. on, got on the air. Okay, yes. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, please. Okay. Uh, why did the cowboy get a hot seat? Another cowboy joke. Why is it? Why is it <laughs> I don't know. Because he rode the range.
2: Go away.
3: All right, thank you. All right. Uh, Eddie, how did Aaron Rodgers' current girlfriend, Danica Patrick, learn about football?
1: Uh, I don't know, uh, Ben. How did Danica learn about football? She
3: took a crash course. mm mm-hmm, that's, yeah. uh, that's right. Who could, that's that. Who could have saw that coming? Deacon, Roseville, Minnesota. Uh, very nice there. Uh, there is audio evidence that Michael Jackson is alive and did not die. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, Jackson is still a musician. He phones into the Ben Maller Show under the name Inca Terror. <laughs> but that... <from> <laughs> Are you there? Uh, no, he's got a high voice. Gordon now. in Tacoma. A weed man hippie wants to be a garbage man. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't know that. Good for him. Yeah, he heard he can be filthy rich.
1: Hmm. Oh! Apparently
3: didn't like that. Weed man, you didn't like that, weed man? Okay, what's what's the best way for Weedman Hippie to spread joy and love around the world, Eddie? I don't know what is the best way for him to do that. Stop calling the show. That's mm-hmm. according to uh, Hillbilly Mike. Oh, He's gonna <laughs> love that one. Ah, Benny and the
4: Weedman, Benny and uh, the Weedman.
3: What's Weedman uh, Hippie's favorite drink? I don't know what is his favorite drink. Poverty. That's his favorite <laughs> 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 All right, what do you have, uh, Coop?
1: <laughs> Uh, uh, what did the uh, what did the cannibal do after he dumped his girlfriend? I don't know. Wiped. Oh, oh wow! Come on, man.
3: that's not, that's not right. That's not right, dude. oh, uh, uh, just a, we got we got. Sure. We'll yeah. do some more on the other side. Let's do one more. This is my closer. If Eddie Garcia was a rapper, what would his name oh, be? Oh, that's a good one. I don't know what would my rapper name be, Ben. Tupac. That would be it. <laughs> 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 that <was freak. laughs>
1: that <was funny. laughs> The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road, but if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zin for a spin. Zin nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.